and good day, eh? Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. My name is Pamela. And I'm Tim. And we're here because we wanted to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Today we wanted to talk about satellite communications and locators, and also about Bronte Creek Provincial Park, and Tim has some controversy to stir up. So we're going <laughs> to talk about the satellite locators first. Go ahead, Tim. It's not controversy, man. So doing backcountry camping, although it does apply to front country as well, depending on where you are, lots of people, particularly I'm speaking for myself as much as anything, as I become less young, I find that people are more interested in knowing how I'm doing when I'm far, far away from them and not able to communicate. A good chunk of the time that we, Thomas and I, by and large, spend in the backcountry, we're out of cell service. There's no, there's literally no way to communicate in a normal day-to-day way. Last summer in particular, uh, when we were at Killarney, we had nothing. We were eight days with no communication at all. And it made me anxious because I couldn't convey to everybody that we were fine. Pamela is pretty cool that we can hold our own out there. I don't think my parents are so quite so cool. And it wouldn't be bad to check in with your boss once in a while just to go, yeah, no, the wolves didn't carry me away or whatever. So we picked up a communicator last year. For the record, I did a boatload of research and it was simply a choice that fit what I wanted from a communicator driven by what I needed out of it, what I didn't want in it, and budget, both with the purchase of the communicator and with the cost of the plans. So, okay, so I got a Zolio just so that it's on the record that I have a bias towards it because I quite like it. But I will tell you sort of what happens with communicators and locators. So they use low orbit satellites for the most part to communicate. You can send messages. Some of them have pre-programmed messages. They all have SOS, emergency messages. Most of them have non-emergency messaging. They obviously are all portable. Most of them have pretty good signal coverage, though not all of them. They range in price from $140 to probably over $800. Mostly they keep you in touch with the people that love you and everybody knows it's good or if something goes for a complete crap you know you break a leg and you're 14 kilometers away from somewhere you're going to need somebody to come and help you get out so i did some research basically the three big guns are garmin spot and zolio which is a new player but it does all the things that i want it to do and looking at sales and looking at how often it shows up in search results and stuff lots of other people seem to think the same thing so i looked at the garmin mini the garmin explorer the spot X, the Spot Gen 4, and the Zolio. The Garmin and the Spots, sorry, the Garmin Mini, the Garmin Explorer, and the Spot X all have displays on them. They also are able to download GPS maps beforehand, not while you're out in the boonies, but then they have GPS accessibility. So you get a you know the blinky dot on the screen where you are. For me personally, that's a wonderful thing if you're ever lost. I can read a map and I can use my compass so I don't feel a need to have one of those. It substantially increases the price. The Garmin Gen 4 is not dissimilar to the Zolio in that it's a box. It doesn't have a screen. It has buttons that you can push if you need to send an emergency SOS or I believe it also has a button where you just push it and it says, I'm good. Here's where I am. It sends the coordinates, which is what the Zolio does. I, I can speak for the Gen 4. It It's a one-way messaging system. Nobody can send messages back to you. The Zolio, on the other hand, I can send custom messages on. I link it to my cell phone. It tells me if I were to get a message back and I can fire up my cell phone and read said message. So that's a nice thing. By and large, they're sort of same, same. They're 
all, you know, relatively resistant to dust and water and stuff. I think most of them you can actually chuck in the lake, maybe not 10 meters down or down for 10 days, but certainly splash it in a puddle and it's fine or on the dusty trek behind the kid that's kicking up dust in your face. I'm going to read out prices and try to run through some plans and give you an idea. Plans, for the record, you're not comparing apples and apples. They go to great lengths to confuse the hell out of you and have additional charges and, and, and. It's the same as your plan for your cell phone. They're just goofs. The Garmin InReach Mini is 447 This These are current Amazon prices, Amazon.ca prices. $447. The Garmin InReach Explorer, which is sort of the next step up, is $583. The Spot X is about 300 bucks. The Spot Gen 4 is 140 bucks. It's the cheapest. It's also the least amount of things you can do with it. It's a, as basic as it gets. And I actually read a bunch of reviews that said the coverage was kind of meh. It wasn't all that awesome. Actually, both of the spots didn't fare fabulously for coverage. The Zolio currently is $269. Garmin has a GPS MAP. It's their huge flagship thing, and it is over $800. I'm sure it does all kinds of wicked stuff. I don't need that, but I'm just putting it out there if you want to spend a ridiculous amount of money. And plans. So Garmin is kind of across the board. Their annual plan they have three different tiers they run from 15 to 65 dollars plus a 45 dollar one-time setup fee they also have a freedom so when i signed up for the zolio the other manufacturers they only had an annual and you had to pay that fee every month regardless there was no suspending no pausing no nothing which is what led me to make the decision to buy the zolio was i had to run an initial three months no cancellation no nothing and then i could pause my service for five dollars a month until such time as i wanted to fire it back up again you fire it up for 30 days you can pause it again it goes back to five bucks a month until you fire it up again so that was the big thing for me it was going to be just a ridiculous amount of money every year for something that i need to use two months out of the year back to the back to the garmin plan they have a freedom you're not committed to a 12-month plan you can start it up stop it it runs from 20 to 80 dollars a month depending on on options on how many you know messages you want to be able to send etc 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 but you pay a 50 dollar a year fee to have that option you, you don't pay that fee you don't have the plan anymore for the spot it is 12 dollars to 30 dollars us and that's from the Canadian site. I couldn't get Canadian prices. 12 to $30 US a month for their annual thing, plus a one-time $20 fee, like a, a startup fee. It runs from 15 to 40 for their freedom. You pay the $20 one-time fee, plus you also pay $25 a year to use that. And Zolio was 25 to $70 a month, plus $25 setup fee. And then when you're suspended, you're $5 a month, regardless of what plan you're on. There there are other options in the communicators and locators. Like I said, some of them have the GPS, downloadable maps. You can also subscribe to weather forecast services. Not a bad thing. I carry an emergency radio with me that picks up all the bands that, that we use, certainly here in Canada. It's a little tricky to sometimes hold, stand on one foot, point the antenna off to the left while your finger's in your left nostril to make sure that you get the right signal. But I get the Canada Weather Service broadcast and it tells me what I'm looking at. So uh, each to their own. I would like to mention, because it's been a bit of a bone of contention with discussions in some of the groups that you by now 
know I follow. There's a software app called Three Words, and it can give you your GPS location without all the numbers and stuff that mean nothing to you. It uses three words, and those three words, if somebody else is using the same software, they know exactly where you are. They can see it on a map. It's meant for specifically for search and rescue or law enforcement to help you out. I just want to put it out there because so many people seem to be downloading it. I have it as well. I'm not going to get into the issues that the backcountry people are having with it. I just want people to be aware while it will tell you because it's pre-downloaded to your phone. It will tell you where you are. If you don't have cellular service, I don't know how it's of any use to you because you can't call your search and rescue people to come and get you at where those three words are. If you have a satellite communicator and a locator, then you're good. You push the SOS button. Bob's your uncle. It sends out the signal. They come hopefully and, and rescue you. I just want it out there. So many people seem to think that that replaces a Zolio or a Garmin inReach. It does not unless you're talking about hiking along somewhere along the escarpment in Milton or something along those lines. Fine, because you're going to have cellular service. If you don't have cellular service, three words doesn't do a damn thing for you. That's it. <laughs> okay, and then the other thing you wanted to stir up controversy about was... Oh, right. So this is a thing that is also rearing its head quite a bit on the uh, the backcountry pages these days. Now, I don't know how it just suddenly popped up. Somebody must have noticed it, and then it's on every single backcountry group in Facebook as of today, March 14th. So, Hi, so, by the way. Oh, yeah, 3.14151. That's it. That's all the numbers. Nine. Shoot. Anyhow, yay. Happy Pi Day. Ontario Parks introduced a trial program. Apparently, last year, it's going to run through this year as well, where they, uh, it's, it's so much BS. Just the official CAMS response is very much BS. We're leveling, we're, we're making things be... It sounds like politicians. I will give the link to Pamela to post on our Facebook page, The Campfire, and I would greatly appreciate any discussion or any knowledge, any anything. I can't say that I have my head wrapped around everything. I'm sure I'm missing something because it's a little too blatant. What they've done is for Lady Evelyn, Tomogamy, that sort of area, the backcountry sites have gone from, most backcountry sites are about nine, $9.50 to say 12 bucks, something like that. Maybe 14 at a stretch per person per night. That's how it works. The Lady Evelyn Tomogamy area is uh, a little over 300% that at the moment. And the Massasauga up on Georgian Bay is almost 400% that at the moment. In other words, we're, we're looking at 30 don't hold me to it. It's 38 something. And then I think the Massasauga respectively is 42 bucks a night, which is insane. They're, they're calling it a flat rate. They're not doing it per person. They're just making it be a flat rate. My personal take on it is, I mean, that's front country camping money. You know, that's where you have showers and toilets and paved roads or or at least well-graded gravel roads that are maintained. And you have a bunch of wardens, not occasionally in, you know, once in three years tripping across a warden. It doesn't make sense to me, but it makes sense to me financially in a, yeah, let's have more money. But it doesn't make sense in the service provided. I would invite anybody who has any thoughts on that to, to comment on the campfire page on Facebook, or by all means, reach out to us at hi at supergoodcamping.com. I would like to know more about how the, 
Oh, that's a fair thing. Oh, and to boot, I mean, looking at how it plays out and how sort of government things go, I have to assume that this is an introductory thing to they're going to apply it across the board in short order. And that's going to change things. You know, if you've got four people, or I think that country allows up to nine on one site, that's an awful lot of trashing going on. No way around it. The cost is reasonable at that point. But what about solo trippers? What about like Thomas and I? It was just the two of us, man. Why am I coughing up 40 bucks so that nine people can go and do it? I don't get it. Anyhow, I'm looking forward to hopefully hearing from you. The one other thing we want to talk about was Bronte Creek Provincial Park, and Tim's going to bug out because that was a trip that he wasn't on. <laughs> it was. See you. Bronte Creek Provincial Park is a trip that Brandon and I did together. We actually did several times together. Bronte Creek is located just near Oakville, Ontario. It's quite close for Toronto. I'm going to talk to parents of children that are like 12 and under. It's a great place to take kids. We had a fabulous time. The one negative I'll say about Bronte Creek is that where you camp, where you set up your tent and where you sleep overnight is a separate area from where all of the amenities are. So every time you want to actually go and do things like go for a swim, you have to get in the car and drive to where the amenities are. So the amenities and day use area are in a separate area of the park from where you pitch your tent and sleep. So anyway, where you pitch your tent and sleep, there really isn't a whole lot to do there. You can you can bike around, but there's not a lot to do otherwise. But where their amenities are at in the day use area, there's a lot to do, especially with younger kids. One of the things we loved about the day use part of the park, there's a big swimming pool, which isn't my favorite for swimming I'd rather swim in a lake but it's nice and clean and there's lifeguards on duty so you're with, again with younger kids it's great because you've got somebody there keeping an eye on them as well as yourself and they've put sort of sandy areas around it just to kind of make it feel like you're at the beach there is the things that we really enjoyed though are there's an old farmhouse there and at the old farmhouse we learned how to make rope and we actually made rope and we learned how to dip candles and we dipped our own candles and there's a scavenger hunt there there is there are animals in the in the barn as so you can go and visit the animals and there is also two other things that we really love one is the visitor center is great and at the visitor center at Bronte Creek you can actually for younger kids you can get a passport to earn your park ranger badge. My son did that. I think we have three park ranger badges now. But you go around, you do different activities and get stamps for doing those activities. And then you can return it to the visitor center and you get your park ranger badge. That was lots of fun. The other thing that we really loved in terms of Bronte Creek is that there is a barn that has been converted. The The bottom part of the barn has been converted into a playground. And it's awesome, especially if you happen to have the misfortune of being there on a rainy day. The kids can go in there and they can run and they can jump and they can jump out of sort of the hayloft area down into this big foam pad. And there's all kinds of fun activities that running around basically that they can do inside the barn. So that was fun. And then also there's there are animals you can visit, sort of like a petting zoo. And we quite enjoyed the goats and uh, it, we dubbed the goats that became our friends uh, with nicknames. And one other really cool thing to mention about Bronte Creek Provincial Park 
is the gnome houses. They're little whimsical houses someone has carved out of tree stumps and you just need to ask at the visitor center and they'll direct you how to get to where the gnome houses are but definitely something that's a must see if you have young ones. Anyways it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed Bronte Creek. I would recommend every time we go camping we typically take our bikes with us but I do think it's good to have that when you go to Bronte. Uh, Although you cannot bike from where you pitch your tent to the day use. So you do have to get in the car or drive. But when we would get to the day use area, it was convenient to have our bikes with us to bike around to the different things because they're not close together. So we could bike from the swimming pool over to the barn to play in the barn and then we could bike from there over to the farmhouse and do the activities at the farmhouse. So I would recommend taking bikes with you. It it is it does make it a lot easier to get around from A to B when you're in the day use area. That's it for Bronte Creek Provincial Park. It's quite close to Toronto, super easy to get to. And the like I said, one downside is just the fact that the day use and the overnight camping areas are two separate spots that you have to drive from one to the other there is isn't it isn't even that there's a path or um, a bike path or something that you could bike from one to the other so it's back on the highway and then off at the next exit in order to get to the days but anyway it is well worthwhile and lots for younger kids especially to do there so that's it for me and us today we are pamela and tim from supergoodcamping.com we would love it if you would reach out to us our email address is hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H-I at supergoodcamping.com. And as Tim mentioned, we have a public Facebook group that you are more than welcome to join called The Campfire. There are actually two groups called that. Ours is the public one. So please do join us on The Campfire. We have a Super Good Camping Facebook page. If you'd like to like our page, we would enjoy that as well. And otherwise, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks and take care. Bye.